Hi, everyone, and here we are celebrating what people love to do creatively and how it impacts their lives. I'm Rod Jones. And I'm Ingie Jones. Welcome to the Thought Road Podcast. We invite you to subscribe wherever you listen, and we are available virtually anywhere you listen to podcasts. No matter what you do creatively, this is the podcast for you. Well, Ingie, what are we going to discuss today? Well, today we're going to be speaking with Rose Bechet, and she's an entrepreneur. Plus, we are celebrating our 21st podcast yes. episode. Yay, us. Yeah. And yay, you guys, for listening and being there. And we are bringing her back today because she was our very first podcast episode. I remember it well. So, yes, happy anniversary, 21 episodes, and we're going strong, and it's been wonderful to interview so many great people. Yes, and we especially want to thank our listeners for tuning in to our weekly podcast and all the support you guys have given us. Yeah, I agree with you, Angie. You know, we've been very, very fortunate with both our guests and our listeners, but I think it's time for your quote. Okay, so our quote this week is... Sometimes you will never know the true value of a moment until it becomes a memory. And this is from the very famous uh, quote person, unknown. Unknown. <laughs> unknown person. Mr. or Miss Unknown. Yeah, we don't know. But um, it, it's kind of a cool quote, though, I think. I like that quote. I think a, a lot of it has to do, we we think of memories or we have memories that pop into our heads, even when we're just doing menial tasks and we go, oh, I remember this or yeah. I remember that. And you just really don't ever know the impact that you might have on someone when you go back and look at these memories mm-hmm. and you think about the people that were around you at the time or something that you said. Yeah. I, I know a, a kind of an interesting thing that has happened to me is when I was running my photography studio, we actually did some textbooks and we photographed a lot of young kids uh, yeah. for these textbooks. And I remember that Years later, or a few years later, not that many years later, we ended up photographing these kids for other projects that we're working on, advertising, whatever. And the kids would say, oh, man, I remember you photographed me when I was eight years old. And (laughs) I had such a good time. You made me feel so good. And you guys were all so positive. I was so happy to find out that I got another job with you. And I, you know, I didn't necessarily think about it at the time. Of course, we were very respectful. We were very helpful to these kids. We wanted them to do the very best job. But you just never know what you might say somewhere along the line. I, I remember the story that you have shared with me, and mm-hmm. I thought it was a 
wonderful story. Which one is that? The one about the lady that was trying to buy nutritional supplements. A oh, doctor I remember or somebody that. recommended that she get them for her health. Right, right. I remember that. That was really a weird incident, and I'll tell you why. Because I, this lady was in the store. She was like on the verge of tears. It was so disturbing to watch her. So I went up and I asked her if she was okay. And she said, I'm trying to find this supplement and I just don't know and I don't understand. And she like barely could say what it was. I can't remember what the supplement was right now. So I, but she was like, okay, I I don't know even how to pronounce it. My doctor suggested I get it. And so when she said the name to me, I finally figured out what she was talking about. It was a supplement I was reading about that very morning. It was just very like serendipitous that she ran into me and I was able to go, okay, here is what you need. You should get this. And this is what's recommended. And she was just so grateful. But like I said, she was on the verge of tears. Well, you know, she was stressing and she didn't know what to do. She's by herself. She, yeah. she is. If you ever walk into a store with a lot of vitamins, it's it can be very overwhelming. The labels just have, you know, the names of what they are. And a lot of nutritional supplements are really good for you. And apparently this doctor was recommending that she get this and she's lucky you came along because what would she have done? I don't know. I don't even think the people in the store could have helped. Because no, because it was you, kind of newer. It was a newer supplement and not a lot of people knew about it. And she could relate. I mean, she could relate to you. You're another woman. Yeah. You, she would understand that you would understand what she was going through and all that. Again, getting back to memories that we have are very special, but they also have impact on other people. They do. But also, you know, I think that we live in a very fast world. And sometimes you don't realize what a great memory you're making until a few years later, because you're going at warp speed. Everyone's just, you know, moving straight ahead and trying to get things done. And all of a sudden you're realizing, oh, this was really a fun, cool thing. Or I really enjoyed this warm memory. They should have relished, as they say, relished the moment. Right. These moments pass very quickly. They do. And we have these flashbacks. And then sometimes we say to ourselves, gosh, I wish I could go back there and relive that. Or yeah, just I, for a minute. I wish I would have, you know, paid more attention or I wish I would have taken a picture. Right. You know, it just, uh, just a lot of things. Memories are very, very important. And they, yeah, yeah, we all have some memories that we'd rather forget. But yeah. for the well, most we part, <laughs> yeah, we all have yeah. those. But there's some beautiful memories. Uh, stick with those. Yeah, definitely. And okay, so now it's time for our semi-new segment, which is Rod's Motivational Moment. So what do you have for us today? Well, keeping along that same track of celebrate, my thought here is celebrate every baby step that you take. Mm -hmm. They're affirmations that you are moving forward and making progress you know, people don't celebrate the little things that they do in life. They they say, oh, well, I'll be happy or I'll be excited when I achieve this goal. But there's so many things that you do, even on a daily basis. I mean, maybe you fix a great dinner or maybe you have a, a conversation with somebody that was a little bit down. And after you got off the phone, you made them feel really good, which made you feel really good. And that you should celebrate. You should just celebrate all the little things that happen 
in your life mm-hmm. that make you feel good and especially the ones that make other people feel good. Right. It's always good if you can do that. You know, there's so many stressful things going on in life or just, you know, just being busy trying to live your life. It's nice when you can contribute to someone else's life and make them feel loved or happy or or something that's really positive because, you know, that, that's free. You can do that all day and all night and it, and it doesn't cost a penny. You know, I, I had a friend of mine several years ago and he told me that when he gets up in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, he goes to the bathroom to shave. He looks in the mirror and he always says to himself, you handsome devil, you. <laughs> and I thought that was so interesting because it, it just... It was an affirmation, mm-hmm. and he was saying that to himself. Nobody could hear what he was saying, but he right. did tell me he did say it out loud. So I don't know what the rest of the family may have thought. They probably thought, well, there goes dad again, uh, celebrating how, celebrating handsome, himself. <laughs> how <laughs> handsome he is. But I thought that I thought that was a very cool story. And I thought that is know, really it's, sweet. It's kind of a, a cool thing to do. That's, that's very sweet. Celebrate very sweet. every little thing that you do. There are successes in your life, and they are taking you somewhere. And they make you feel good inside. They really do. And also, if you tell other people, oh, I'm celebrating the fact that we just had the best dinner last night or we went to this restaurant or we met these people uh, at a get together and they were so kind, so fun, so great to be around. Those are affirmations. Those Mm -hmm. are baby steps. Mm -hmm making progress towards becoming and doing what you'd like to do. Right. And also, though, I think in business, since we're talking entrepreneurial today, in business, sometimes, you know, we wait for the big, the big hit it out of the park kind of things. And sometimes it's all the little baby steps that lead up to the hitting out of the park. So I think it's really important to celebrate your baby steps because there's more of those than there are the hitting out of the parks. So celebrate it all. And okay, so this episode combines two things that go hand in hand. We go sing earlier, celebration and entrepreneurship. And what do you think about that, Rod? I think that if you're going to become an entrepreneur, you should really learn to celebrate all those baby steps because there's going to be a bunch of them. I know when we started this podcast, there were so many things, so many little detail things that we needed to do. I mean, just, and then if you're a company or a person who's trying to sell stuff online or you have to build a website, you have to get your URLs, you have to do all these things. And it could be overwhelming if you look at it just overall. But if you break it down into little tiny baby steps, mm-hmm. it's not so daunting. So true. And also you, I think you get a better perspective when you're celebrating all the baby steps, because if you're waiting for only celebrating the big steps or the major hit it out of the park steps, then you miss out on all that celebrating you could be doing with the baby steps, right? Uh, Absolutely. And it's always going to be a work in progress. Uh, When we built the website for the Thought Row podcast, we thought, wow, this is starting to look pretty good. And then we kept working on it and working on it and fine-tuning it. We're still fine-tuning it. It's probably not 100% perfect, but it's moving in the right direction. But there was a lot of effort that went into that. And and both Angie and I did, you know, we sat back and go, oh, okay, we made some good headway today. And it wasn't a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah, it was maybe a little for that day, but, you know, it was good. It was good. So that's the celebration discussion for today. Yeah. Angie, tell us about our guest. 
Rose Bechet. What a pretty name. I know. It's so beautiful. Rose Bechet is an entrepreneur. And today we're going to talk to her about her journey, her thoughts, and how she keeps moving forward and keeping motivated with her career. Well, she's one of those people, I'm sure, if she's an entrepreneur, she's learned to celebrate the baby steps Mm -hmm. in order to become successful as an entrepreneur. That's pretty much what you have to do. A lot of baby steps, but celebrate them. Right on, right on. So, okay, let's hear what she has to say. Okay. Rose, welcome back to the Thought Row podcast. Both Angie and I have been really looking forward to chatting with you again. And by the way, Rose is talking to us from her car She's in a parking lot. She's not driving down the highway. And she pulled over so she could take time for this interview. She's on her way to a meeting, but we certainly appreciate you doing this for us today. Yeah. Hi, Rose. It's so good to have you back today with us. It's so great to be back with you guys today. I thoroughly enjoy our conversations and I can't wait to enjoy ours today. Even if I am having it in my car, it is such a nice break to the day and definitely a really enjoyable thing to do. So I can't wait. Great. Actually, Rose was our very first guest on the Thought Row podcast. Yeah, that is was. right. And yeah, what's really interesting is she's an entrepreneur and she happens to be the sole proprietor of her own business. Right, right. But you know what? Before we move on, um, we always ask our guests what they had for breakfast. So Rose, what did you have for breakfast this morning? Well, currently I am very into having over easy eggs, two of them, not too runny, and having a slice of rye toast with butter and raspberry jam. And it is my current favorite. I definitely go through phases where I want the same thing every single day and then I get tired of it and switch it up. But that's my current obsession. Thank you. Giving us an idea yes, for our thank breakfast. You. <laughs> That's why we ask everybody this yeah, question. We need new ideas. But okay, so we like to start by discussing your business and your journey of becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah, yes. I think I think what everybody would want to know, I certainly want to know this. Did you find encouragement from any other entrepreneurs when you started this business? Yes, I, I really did. And you know, I feel like I find constant inspiration from any any story I hear about an entrepreneur, especially one starting from scratch. I love to hear the different stories of how people got creative and resourceful and did different things. But probably my biggest source of inspiration came from my own family. So I actually come from a long line of entrepreneurs. Oh, that's uh, my, nice. Yeah. My great-grandfather owned a grocery store. My grandfather owned a paint store. And then my dad owned a large marketing company and also is an artist and sells art. So a long line of entrepreneurs. And I, I definitely draw inspiration from that because I know that if they could all do it, then I can do it too. Oh, what a great answer. That's a really good answer. But prior to deciding to work for yourself, what types of jobs did you have? And did any of them prepare you for going into business for yourself? I had so many different jobs. I don't (laughs) even know. True sign of an entrepreneur. (laughs) I don't even know where to begin. I worked as a pastry chef intern. I worked in retail. I worked at an 
aesthetic medical spa. I worked for a candy company. I also, uh, one of my early businesses was doing social media and web design for companies because that's actually what I went to school for. I went to school for computer science and engineering, Uh which is really interesting and was challenging, but I kind of wanted I wanted to do the bigger picture. I didn't want to be like coding all day or just, you know, sat in front of my computer. I wanted the interaction and, you right, know. Right, right. More social. That. Mm-hmm. But so many jobs, so many different experiences. And I would say that I've learned something from each one of those, even though they're very unrelated, that has helped me in my business and just even in the processes. I know when I worked as a pastry chef, one of the the chefs in the kitchen taught me just a way of doing things faster. Like you would finish all of one task before you move to another task. And like, mm-hmm. like if you were chopping walnuts for brownies or something, you would chop all the walnuts and then crack all the eggs and then measure all the flour, like do everything very like in a system. Mm-hmm. And I think that has really helped me within my own business of making business processes to be more efficient. Well, you know, you were you as you had these other jobs, those jobs were run by people. I'm assuming that you uh, knew or got to know the people that ran those companies. And did any of them shed any light on how it was for them to be an entrepreneur? I mean, they were running their own businesses at the time. Definitely. I think it was very eye-opening to see the different struggles that they would go through in their business. You know, not every month was the most successful month and they definitely had challenges. And And I always thought that it was very kind of them to share with me those struggles. So I understood also what goes into running a business because businesses do have a lot of success and over the long run they do. But a lot of people don't realize how many challenges happen along the way and how many just really confusing situations that you you don't know how to figure out. They're always new Mm -hmm. that you have to be resourceful and figure out on your feet. And, you know, these these individuals running these businesses, the main thing that they would do is they wouldn't give up, first of all. Sure. And second yeah, second of all, they would figure it out. Like they didn't know anything about certain things as all entrepreneurs don't know everything about everything, mm-hmm. but they figure it out. Yeah, that's the challenge. Did you discuss with family members or relatives your desire to be an entrepreneur? And I'd love to know what their yeah, reaction was. Yeah, what is their was. reaction? Was it pro, <laughs> um, con? How was it? Yeah. I'd say that I discussed it at nauseum. I probably made everyone <laughs> sick around me of talking about should I be an entrepreneur or not? Or should I get a nine to five job? Should I be responsible and do this? Or, you know, like we typically think of that as that if you have a nine to five job, you're being responsible and, you know, you're doing the right thing and all of that. But everyone around me was so motivational and so positive towards me becoming an entrepreneur. I feel like I was the only one late to the game. Like, I think I questioned myself more than everyone else around me. Like everyone else around me was already sold on the idea and I needed to sell myself. 
Well, you know what? That's that's probably something that all entrepreneurs go through because there's a certain amount of security mm-hmm. in a nine to five job. I mean, you know what you're going to do when you get off at five o'clock, you go home, you know, you can close the door in your business life. But when you're an entrepreneur, I don't need to tell you this. You uh, you never close the doors. It's, you're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. At least in your head, you are. Right. Exactly. You are. You definitely are. And that can be really good. In one respect, you have unlimited earning potential. You have freedom to do what you want when you want. But that also comes with other sacrifices that right. you have to be okay with. Because, yeah, it's all on you. The buck stops, stops with you, literally, I guess. <laughs> There's no one else to blame. Not that you should do that in a job either, but you know. Right, right. Well, you don't have a, a staff. I mean, you're you're the staff at that point. But yeah. getting back to the bucks, we know that it takes capital to launch a business. What was your funding source to get you going? So I only used $300 to start my business. And I saved that as extra from doing some social media marketing for a company. Mm -hmm. I was helping manage their social media and I, you know, I would make various amounts from different jobs. And this one job, I was like, you know what, this isn't a ton of money that I'm making from this one job. That wasn't like one of my main clients, but I'm going to take this and I'm going to use it to start something bigger because I'm not, I'm not happy with where I am and I want to grow something. And if I lose it, I mean, I had to make this decision to myself too, that this money that I'm putting in, like I have faith in myself that I'm going to make it into more, Mm -hmm. but I'm also conversantly okay with the fact that if I lose this $300, I'm not going to be sad about it because I learned something from it. Yeah, it's like having taking a course at that point, except you're you're taking a course with yourself. It totally is. And it's not, I mean, that's not a lot of money, obviously, but you know, when you're starting a business, it is hard sometimes to find extra capital when you have to, you know, have your day-to-day life, your day-to-day expenses. Right. Well, and there's always seems to be something that you have to do a trade-off. You know, should I buy this or should I right. put the money invested into my business? And, and I think yes. entrepreneurs have become very successful understand that uh, when they start out, especially everything has to go into their business because the sooner it becomes successful, it gives them a little bit more freedom and a little less stress on worrying about cash. Definitely. And I think also you know, especially I think with women a little more, probably with men to a certain extent, you, when you have extra money, you're like, oh, well, I could go on this weekend trip or I could go buy this pair of shoes or I could go do this. But you, you really have to equate to yourself that, you know, I'm going to make this into a lot more than just that one item or that one Mm -hmm. experience. Yeah, for sure. Right. You know, when, I mean, that's how I think of entrepreneurs, and I'm sure other people do. Uh, We often think, especially nowadays, that entrepreneurs are more involved in the high-tech world, developing apps, programs, social media programs, all that kind of stuff to support people, and actually programs to support people that are entrepreneurs. Yes, definitely. Yeah, Tell us a little bit about the model or what you saw was a way to service customers, to help customers? So with my business, I really wanted to take items that people already used, but I wanted to also find complementary products that worked well with it. And I 
I guess you could say I'm using nature's technology in my business. So it is definitely a good model, I think. Yeah, to you take can't go wrong that, with that model. No, not at all. <laughs> no. And also taking something that people are familiar with already and making it even better. That way you're not educating them on top of it. No. That's a really, really good concept and a good way to go because then people don't have to relearn what your product is about. They already know what it is going out the gate and they're already comfortable with it. So that's really a, a good way to go well, about you know, it. You know there's customers. Yeah, you know there's a customer mm-hmm. already for it. So that's two check marks in the yes column. <laughs> of, you should do it. So yeah, I could see that. But I know that when uh, one of the challenges for any entrepreneur is coming up with a name, securing your URLs and coming up with the social media handle, name, whatever you call it. Did you run into any problems when you, when it came to selecting a name and registering everything for yourself? Let me add one thing to that. What's really interesting is when we've talked to other entrepreneurs, that usually is the last thing they think about. They're so focused on what it is they're going to sell. They forget that they have to create a brand. True. That is so true. For me, thankfully, I didn't have a lot of trouble with that. I will say that with my business, it kind of spurred from the name. So I came up with the name while meditating. And I'm a a huge believer in meditation. I highly recommend it to anyone. But it really allows your brain to relax and let the ideas flow and come out. And while I was meditating, I was thinking about my family members. You know, I thought of my grandma who had immigrated to the U.S. from Europe. And I thought about aunts and and uncles and, and different family members. And each time I see them, you know, I've looked at their hands. And you think about all of the stories that they hold and all the things they did with their hands in their lifetime you know, raising children, different jobs they've had and yeah. everything. And I, I really liked that name, These Hands, because it was so poignant to me. Such a good name. And thank you. And I wanted to find a product that would help these hands, you know, that would mm-hmm. be, be helpful and, and useful for people and also put the focus back on. We don't oftentimes think of our hands hands, excuse me, being that important. We think of our hands as just being, you know, like we just use them all day and they Mm -hmm. are what they are, but we don't really take the time to appreciate them. I think that's kind of a beautiful analogy you made thinking about people that have gone before you and all the things their hands did, especially women. I mean, men men use them more mechanically. Mm -hmm. Women use them more, in many cases, tenderly, right? They show love with their hands to their children, et cetera. And also uh, to to keep everyone nurtured and healthy and, you know, uh, with a lot of love and care. So unfortunately... preparing a meal or, you know... Or even cleaning. Yeah, or even cleaning. Cleaning, yes. Cleaning your children, cleaning your home. I mean, this all takes (laughs) a toll on your hands. And it's for the love that I think that women do that. And also, you know, to keep everybody sanitary, I think. But it is very wearing. So this is really a cool, like, thing that you have. I like the analogy. Yeah, like the whole thing. analogy is very good. I think think everybody would want to know. Everybody wants to know about people that make mistakes. Did you make (laughs) any big mistakes that you wish you could go back and change while you're pursuing your desire to be an entrepreneur or self-employed? I think one of the major 
I wouldn't say it's a mistake, but I think I would have trusted myself to pursue and actually become an entrepreneur a lot sooner. Mm. I think that if I would have just kind of gone with it to begin with, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot, a lot longer, obviously. Mm-hmm. And earlier. Yes, a lot earlier. And I would be a little further, not that I'm sad about that or anything like that. I think life, you know, happens as it should. But I, I definitely think I would be a little further in my entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, understand that. Yeah, but understand. like you said, I think it's just you, you needed to get to a point where you're ready to be an entrepreneur. And sometimes that takes a minute. Definitely. And I think all the experiences that led up to it have been very helpful too. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't discount those either. So I, I, you know, I think, yeah, I just would have trusted myself a little earlier on. Right. Well, that's a good answer. Yeah, it's a, it's a really answer. good answer. Um, we understand that only a very small percentage of the world's population goes into business for themselves. What was the driving force that made you decide you wanted to run your own business? Well, I know this sounds a little cliche, but I I wanted the freedom of being an entrepreneur. I know that I am very good at making things happen. I don't need someone standing over me telling me what to do all day. Like mm-hmm. I'm very efficient. Maybe call that being an only child. I don't know, but I'm used to getting stuff done myself and I am not too reliant on other people needing to do them. Now, mm-hmm. as an entrepreneur, I've had to obviously have employees and and work with other people but but I know that I can make things happen and probably the other reason that I decided was that I wanted to provide value to people so I wanted what I did in life to be valuable to others mm-hmm. and not just you know not not contribute anything right understand that so you want to be a service to other people and really impact their their lives and make their lives better make another exactly. people's lives better yeah like i'm put you know we're all put on this planet for something i kind of you know i want to find how i can help others well you just kind of shared what we see to be or interpret to be your passion and you were passionate about becoming an entrepreneur or did that passion come after you became an entrepreneur. When when did the yeah? When did it when, come? When did it really happen? When are you more passionate today than you were when you started, or where do you stand on that? Well, I definitely think I'm more passionate today in different ways. I think both of them are very different types of passion. Like when you're starting your company, you have a different type of passion that's more like being patient and understanding and constantly telling yourself that all this work that you're putting in is going to be worth it, even though you don't know if it's going to be worth it. So you're kind of like comforting the unknown. You're keeping the passion and flame alive, even though you're not getting results. No, I I can understand that because you have to be your own cheerleading squad at that point because you don't have your staff meeting where the employees are going to go, oh, yeah, you're doing such a great job in the beginning. (laughs) So you have to put on your own pom-poms and go, oh, I'm doing great today, even though maybe you don't feel like you are. And in some cases, those employees aren't going to be all that positive. So that's a a bit wearing, too. Sometimes, sometimes. It is. It definitely is. And then the other, I feel, is like, 
the passion that you get once you reach your first milestone in business or reach like your first amount of sales that you wanted to hit, Mm -hmm. which was for me, it was a different type of passion that's reignited of just like pure blissful, like happiness and also validation that like you made this happen all by yourself and all with your company and that it's, you know, it was worth it and that you can do it and that you can repeat it. I kind of have a follow-up to that. How did you feel when you made your first sale? I was so excited. I think I told everyone I knew (laughs) and I definitely jumped up and down in my house at my husband and he laughed at me and because I was just so excited, like so happy that like another person on this planet of so many people wanted what I made. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That is so true. That's probably one of the biggest rewards and proof of success, right? That's proof of success. Proof of concept too. Yeah. Proof of concept. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. you feel like what you've been working for is like, yeah, okay, somebody actually wants this. Yay. It's just not an idea anymore. It becomes reality. Yeah. Because ultimately as an entrepreneur, if no one's purchasing what you, your service or your good, Mm -hmm. then you can't help anyone and you can't show how amazing you are. So you have to, you know, you have to pick something that people want too. Right. So that way you can, you know. You can be helpful. Exactly. Okay. So what was the first thing you thought about when you decided it was time to become self-employed initially? I definitely thought about a, kind of as a follow-up to what I was just saying is how I can be valuable to other people's lives. Right. And one of the main reasons I thought about this is because I knew that in order to be a super successful company, I needed to provide a lot of value. And a lot of companies out there provide a lot of value already. So you need to be better mm-hmm. and provide even more value to be just as successful. And part of that was like very twofold because I thought if I can be that successful, then I can grow a really big company and I can provide for others. I can provide jobs. Mm-hmm. I can donate. You know, I can do all these different things, but I have to get to that level. Sure. Very true. Yeah, very true. You know, we've been talking a lot and we haven't really defined in any detail the business that you started. And this is probably the exciting part of the interview. Yeah. Tell us <laughs> tell us a little bit about your company, its name, and what you offer to customers. Sure. So our company is These Hands Lotion, and it is both a lotion and a hand mask, and we sell it with cotton gloves and you can use them either as lotion on the go or you can use it as a mask and put the cotton gloves on at night or any time of day and we've definitely done a lot of research and chosen all of the best ingredients we can one of my favorite ingredients is the irish sea moss which comes from the cliffs of ireland and that moss has this special protective coating that when the sea is out, it still stays moist and keeps its moisture mm. in the plant so it doesn't die. That's interesting. That's so R- nice. A little help from nature there. Yeah. It really is. So it, it really is, you know, nature's technology. <laughs> you know, it's keeping the plant alive when there's no water. And then when the water comes back in, you know, it's, it's all good. But they extract this ingredient. It's called Irish moss. 
and that's in our hand lotion. So it definitely helps create a protective barrier. But that's just one of our ingredients. There's a lot of other ingredients. I definitely invite you to check it out on our website and you can read all about every ingredient. Yeah, and I, I, I want to say that I ordered your product because I just wanted to order it organically and see the whole process of how you deliver to customers and, and what I'm getting. And I have to say, everyone out there, it was, she packages everything so wonderfully. You get the gloves, they're all very, they're wrapped in tissue. You get the These Hands lotion mask. And I, I have been using it religiously every evening, and Rod can attest to this. When I'm watching TV after dinner, I will put it on. I'll slather it all over my hands because lately they have been so dry, and they're just like cracking open unless I use these hands lotion. And I use it as a mask in the evening. And I'll just, as I'm watching TV, I just put some on, put it on my hands, and just watch TV, leave it on for 30 minutes. And when I take them off, they are actually comfortable, and they look hydrated, and they don't look all dry and wrinkly like elephant skin. So thank you very much for that. I and have I, a tip. I have a tip oh, here. Oh, you I, do? Yes. Hear that. <laughs> I have a tip for all men whose wives are using this product. Oh, you do? You will have even more control over the remote control for the TV. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because it's very difficult to select anything when you're wearing those gloves, but more importantly, when your hands have cream on them. And so that's just a great way to end up with more control of the remote control. So I encourage you to get your wife some of these products. Yeah. 30 minutes of, of command, couch commandoing is very good for you. Yeah. You know, there, oh. there's no shortage of rough hands in this no. world. Men too. I mean, men, men have too, work yeah. hands. You know, if they're working on their car or even men that work in offices and stuff, their hands get dry because of air conditioning and all that kind of stuff. But I would be curious to know what kind of feedback are you getting from your customers? What are they telling you? You know, we've had amazing feedback and I'm so incredibly thankful for that. Just a few stories. We've had one woman write in that she had had an accident with uh, bleach on her hands. Oh, and no. Yeah, it, it sounded horrible. And she said that after it healed, she still had a lot of trouble with really dry hands. And she started using our product and she said her hands look beautiful again. She's so happy with it. She's never going to stop using it. And it just, it really changed her life because her hands look so beautiful. Another story that I really enjoy, especially after these past few months of the pandemic craziness and everything, was a daughter that wrote in that she had ordered this for her mom and her mom's a nurse and her mom had been working really hard throughout COVID and everything Mm -hmm. and her hands were so dry and so beat up and she started using this and her hands look beautiful again and, you know, they're happy and not cracking and, you know, all flaky and hand dandruff dandruffy and dry yeah nurses catch it pretty bad because they're washing their hands all day long sanitizing and washing and washing everything everything yeah between every patient that's it's so rough on your hands it is you know i i wanted to ask you earlier and i didn't get a chance to did you ever get discouraged and want to give up or has it been pretty easy to keep on track or how is it when you want to attract customers? Is that easy for you as well? It's like a two-pronged question. 
I'd say regarding the getting discouraged, yeah. I'd say that still happens at least a couple times a week. Um, <laughs> I I don't think that goes away. Right. How no matter how successful you are, because I think it's a bit healthy to be, you know, in not impatient, but wanting more for your business and and more for your life. I think that's healthy. Right. So I do get discouraged quite often because I want to make things better that yeah that sounds like normal normal answer yeah. that's kind of a very human answer for right. sure <laughs> yeah. right this is and, uh, go ahead i'm sorry oh i was gonna say uh, the attracting customers yeah that has been both difficult and easy at times you feel like you finally hit the space where all of your people are and then at other times, you have a hard time finding those places because they change so frequently with different social media platforms and, and also just with life changing back and forth between being like in store and then all online. And oh, yeah. you know, we've had a lot of changes the past year. Yeah, we really have. You know, there's something that all entrepreneurs, people want to start a business, everybody has told this at nauseum, actually, but I want to know this, uh, what you did, is there, everybody's always told you need to create a business plan and a marketing plan. Did you do anything like that to give yourself a roadmap? You know, I love to say that I created like the most formal business plan and did everything by the book, but I didn't. I did, though. I made a checklist on my favorite whiteboard. I love using whiteboards. I always have. And I made little check boxes on there of everything I needed to get done and go through the list and check them off. And I still do it to this day and I do it kind of fluid. I guess you could say mm-hmm. I have agile development. I like to do it along the way and not, you know, one plan in the beginning because things change along the way and you have to be, you know, open to those changes because sometimes they're a lot better. So true. So true. And, and sometimes being mutable helps you to really adjust your plan as you go along. I mean, you can start out with a plan, but really it gets revised over and over. So I don't know that you can do it in stone like maybe some people think you should. Exactly. Right. Okay. So you are a woman entrepreneur, principally selling a product that most women want. Why did you decide to focus on products for women? Well, I mean, I am a woman, so I definitely do have a certain amount of understanding of what I like in a product and what I don't. But I would say that I learned a lot from my mom about the beauty industry. Mm-hmm. She had worked for many years for a company called Hubagant, which is a major fragrance company. And I think they even made the perfumes that like Princess Diana wore on her uh, wedding day and they say Marie Antoinette wore and all of those things. So I had a lot of information from an insider in Mm -hmm. my own home about the beauty industry. And my mom was always very motivational of my love of the beauty industry. And she'd even give me the the little lipsticks to play with before I could talk because I wanted some too. And (laughs) wanted to join in on the, you know, the girly fun. Well, sure. That way you know how to do makeup at an early age, see? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, there seems to be more and more women that are choosing to be entrepreneurs instead of going into a typical nine-to-five job. Why Why do you think that is, especially nowadays? Why do you think that is? 
There does seem to be more, and that makes me so happy. I think that's incredible that more women are choosing to do that. And I think it's because of the freedom. I think they want the freedom to be able to, you know, have children if they want or travel if they want and and do what they want with their free time and to have more of it, Mm -hmm. but also to be like in charge of their, their hours and their time and really be able to be successful in their own right. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, so what advice would you give to a woman or man that wants to become an entrepreneur? I think number one, definitely first of all, never give up. And I know my dad has always been very good at telling me that. And it's so true. It sounds so simple. And you pass it off as just like, yeah, you know, you don't give up. But truly, when it comes down to it and you're doing your business, you will feel like you want to give up. Yeah. And don't give up. And yeah, that sounds so simple, right? It's like, no, no kidding. But but it's one of the most basic things. If you keep giving up, you're never going to accomplish anything. So sticking to one thing, no matter if it's good, bad, or indifferent, you just got to keep moving ahead, kind of like a train. You just keep moving, right? Well, everything great that's ever been accomplished, you know, they make that Mm -hmm. journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. And you just have to keep taking step after step, even if they're little tiny steps. If you just can accomplish one little thing each day Mm -hmm. that's moving you towards your goal, then you're making headway. And as long as you're making headway, you're going to achieve your goals. That is so true. Don't you think this is true, um, Rose, where sometimes your day is going to be only baby steps because you're not going to be taking huge leaps and jumps in in your in your career and your entrepreneurial journey. Sometimes it's the tiniest little step. Definitely. I mean, and you really have to hype that up for yourself. You have to be like, today I made a social media post and I did something for my business. And some days that's all you did because you couldn't make anything else happen that day. Maybe you're waiting on other people or other things, but Mm -hmm. it gets you there. It is one step closer. And then eventually maybe on one day you're opening your product in Target or, you know, wherever. And it's so big, but that does only happen just in one day. So not all days are going to be huge milestones. You got to, you have to, you have to stick, really stick to it. You've shared with us some incredible insights on becoming an entrepreneur. You've been very candid about it. And I guess, you know, you talked about your hand lotion and your mask that goes along with it. I'm curious as to how did you, in the very beginning, how did you come up with that particular idea to sell a hand lotion and a hand mask? Well, I really love products that multitask. I actually think not only is it very practical, but it's also very environmentally friendly because instead of you buying, you know, three products, you're buying one. And I think that a lot of people miss the boat in that, but also a lot of products don't live up to those standards. So a lot of multitasking products just don't work that well. And I really wanted a multitasking product that worked well. That makes sense. That way you're not cluttering your counters and cabinets and making more plastic waste and things like that. You're being more eco-friendly at that point. So I, I totally get that. And I think that's very cool that you're doing that. 
Yes, less packaging, less products. It's it's great all around. Right. Angie, why don't you ask our signature question? Okay, I will. Okay, so Rose, we're going to ask you the question we've been asking our guests. If you can sit on a park bench and chat with anyone from the past, who would it be? So I would actually like to sit with two people. I'd like to sit with Helena Rubenstein and Elizabeth Arden. Oh, two oh. biggies, boy. That fits, <laughs> that fits your motif perfectly. Yes, it does. Well, one of my favorite books is a book called War Paint, and it kind of goes between the, the rivalries between these two. But I just, I look up to them so much, and I love how much power they show in their femininity. And I really love that they were some of the first successful women in the beauty industry. Great stories, if you ever want to read them. <laughs> yeah, they were, they were ultimate entrepreneurs. They really were. And I, I love their stories. I love to ask them questions. Well, and so we know their histories, and you certainly have learned a lot about their histories. What do you want to be most remembered by? For me, I would love to be most remembered by the love that I give those around me. I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more on that one because that's really what it's about, your impact on how much love you're sharing with people you are come in contact with even every day. It is. And, you know, love can be with just your family members and you know, people that you're close with, but it can also be with people online, you know, giving them an uplifting comment or, mm -hmm. you know, buying someone's drink at Starbucks or just little things. And I think that we all should be, you know, as loving as we possibly can oh, in this definitely. world today. Definitely. Because yeah, you don't know what the other person's dealing with. So if you can give them a little love, it might help their day and help them move on with their lives and, and get to a better place. Yeah. Yeah. We all feel good when people care. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Well, Rose, we really appreciate you taking time away from your entrepreneurial business to speak with us today. Sitting in your car. Sitting in your car. <laughs> and I know our listeners will have found it really interesting to hear about your journey. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And, and you really... I think a lot of people, especially they're maybe on the fence or trying to decide, God, do I want to start a business? And you really gave some insight, yeah. especially at your level, because uh, for all practical purposes, you're you're past the stage of just starting out, mm -hmm. but you still are growing your business, and uh, and yes. you're meeting all the challenges, the trials and tribulations and turmoil and all that kind of stuff that's associated with any business, but. You could be very proud of yourself, which you've achieved. You've you've done Absolutely. a good job. And I know our listeners are going to really like your perspective on it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I really do hope it's helpful for others. And, you know, we each will have different tribulations in our businesses and in our lives. But it's always nice to, you know, hear another story. I love hearing other entrepreneur stories. Sure. And, I'm so thankful to be here today, and I, I really appreciate you guys having me again. Oh, you're so welcome, and we want everyone to know. If you want to know more about Rose Bichet, we will have links on the show notes and also under the show guest tab on thoughtrowpodcast.com so everyone can learn more about you, your product, and connect with you on social media. Thank you so much for mentioning that. I, I truly appreciate it, and I know my business does most of all. 
Oh, well, you're very well, welcome. You've been, a, you've been a real inspiration, and we hope we did make you late for your meeting. <laughs> yes. And we hope your meeting is very a very productive one. And thank you. Uh, I want to say goodbye and thanks again. Yes, thank you so much, Rose. Well, thank you, guys. Good okay. speaking with you. Uh-huh. Good speaking with you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. I'm really glad you tuned in today. We hope you enjoyed the thoughts and ideas we shared with you. We post a new podcast every week, so remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. So it's bye for now from my husband Rod and I, wishing everyone a great day.